Good morning, and welcome to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Stacey, this is our 190th episode. How are you this morning? I'm great, 190th. Boy, we have continuously been able to get all of our stuff pulled together every Thursday morning, or close every Thursday morning, so that's pretty good. This morning, though, I will have to let everybody know, I'm calling in from New York with all the sounds and smells and fun stuff that goes on with New York because they've got me in a little alcove just outside the doors. My apologize for the, the rough audio down here. So what are you in New York for? I'm in New York for the Degreed Lens event. Um, Degreed is a learning technology application, and they're having one of their, not their first users event, but one of their larger first larger users event here in New York. And they asked that I stop by and, and get a chance to talk to some of their customers and see a little bit more about what they're doing. So on my way back from Workday Rising, I stopped out here in New York. So. Well, you're the jet-setting world traveler of all time. So what else is new? How are you surviving the torrential downpours? Not too bad. I mean, I, I've been in you know Las Vegas and New York and Las Vegas and New York and Las Vegas and New York for the last couple of weeks, so I haven't really had too much of a problem with the torrential downpours. Um, I'm sure that when I get home, my uh, land and my yard and all that will need some, some tending. I'm home all week next week, so I will call in on Thursday from my ninth quiet uh, office with a hopefully a cup of tea sit in my lap. So. <laughs> and how about Fantastic. you, John? You're, you're home, well, right? But, but... Yeah, but at home and busy. Um, I, just, yeah. I just shipped a couple hundred copies of the book over to Singapore, where I'm going to be um, giving a talk on AI um, in a couple of weeks. And um, I'm excited about that. And I am finishing up a set of forecasts to round out the package from our annual report this year. So so I'm, I'm busily engaged here. And you and you just put out, I think, on LinkedIn, sort of a, a copy of your presentation that you delivered at HR Tech, right? I saw that come across. So if anybody wants to see some of the sort of early findings and the details um, that are at the high level, they can go out on LinkedIn and see that, right? Or on HR. That's right. That's right. It's, a, it's an intro to AI for HR. It's, it's um, relatively self-explanatory. You know, they're PowerPoint slides, so so you do better having me tell you about them than just reading them. But there's some good stuff there. Yeah, I might particularly like some of your definitions, which I think are going to be really important. And there's a lot of stuff in the news this week about defining AI and blockchain and all those technologies. Um, so it's a, it's a busy week on the artificial intelligence front, without a doubt. <laughs> Good. So so what's in the mailbag? Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the HR space. I just got back. Part of it, as I said, um, uh, flying back from Las Vegas. Workday Rising was this week. So there were some updates from Workday. Um, we also saw that um, Saba acquired Lumet. That's kind of a big announcement in the learning talent space, right, for those who follow those areas. Um, that's... Uh, an interesting sort of global U.S. focused space businesses as well. There's a lot of um, private equity firm uh, negotiations in there, so it's worth sort of having a little bit of conversation about what that'll look like. Um, we also saw that Pymetrics. You and I both talked about Pymetrics. Um, they raised 40 million dollars in Series B funding, um, led by General Atlantic, um, and we saw that another organization called GuardHat. They're more along the lines of safety and Internet of Things. Um, wearables, but they raised $20 million in Series A funding this uh, last week. Um, there's a small announcement this week from LeapGen, Jason Averbrook's new company, about 
launching a coaching platform, and that's maybe worth a few minutes of conversation. Um, and then if we have some time, you know, I think some of the, the more interesting things happening in the market right now are happening on the consumer slash sort of big picture side. So Amazon is announcing a $15 minimum wage across the board. I love the pictures of their warehouse teams like jumping up and down for joy. Not quite sure what that says about how long it took them to do that, but they were very excited. Um, and we're seeing that Washington, D.C. here in the United States is spending some time on artificial intelligence uh, with a bill that's being put forward um, on AI governance and that's called the AI and Government Act. And then we also saw that there's a new blockchain promotion act um, put forward by Congress as well. Um, so, you know, a lot of organizations are getting into this this picture of what is AI, what is blockchain, what are all these technologies going to mean, and do we need some governance around them? So uh, kind of a busy week. Just a lot of little different things going on. How about anything else in, that you're seeing this week that we haven't uh, No, but there's, there's, there's an interesting piece of news. We have an advertiser, and so midway through the conversation, we'll hear what the advertiser has to say. Um, Benefit Ed has uh, agreed to sponsor... HR examiner radio shows for um, the next um, 90 days. And, and so we'll see how they do and, and encourage anybody who's listening to, to reach out to benefit Ed and let them know that you heard it. So Definitely, let's talk yeah. about Workday. Well, Workday, what do we say about Workday? So Workday is, I was at Workday Rising for three days um, and not a lot of big announcements. You know, for the last couple of of events, they've had these big announcements about artificial intelligence and what they're doing in the learning space and what they're doing in the in the financial space. This was more of what I would say, sort of a general update. Anil wasn't there; he had a family emergency, so we we didn't get sort of some of the the senior executive leadership, um, you know, conversations going as much as we have in the past. Um, but we had, I think, what we saw was a a focus on ensuring that even though Workday is acquiring many and sometimes pretty large organizations now in their sort of acquisition model that they are still focusing on sort of the power of one, as they're calling it, right? Um, so we saw a lot of focus on uh, the adaptive insights acquisition and the, they, they said they, their comment was, we don't, we aren't integrating it. That's, they don't want to use the word integrate. They are creating the same security model. So they're having the single security model. And they're also having a single environment um, from not just login, but user experience. Um, so those are the things they're working on right now. But Adaptive Insights, for anybody who doesn't know about them, they are a uh, financial planning application. Uh, they do financial modeling. They're sort of along the lines of uh, Hyperion or Anaplan, those type of applications. And ultimately, we're finding that um, that is definitely the space where uh, Workday is investing their time. Uh, they also announced a new workforce planning solution, um, as well as a new Workday People Analytics application, um, as well as their new skills cloud, which I think those probably the most interesting things on the HR front alone, is the skills cloud and the people analytics application. Those are different from what they've had previously. So, uh, so the, the skills cloud is, is part of their uh, relationship with IBM, yes? Um, yes, that's part of their relationship with IBM, but it's, but they're, but they're also building out inside their application, uh, a true detailed look at skills and skills, um, uh, metadata and tagging and continuous update modeling. So I think they're starting out with some of the IBM 
sort of uh, wants and conversations and data, but they're continuing to add to it um, through the through the workday environment. So the IBM Watson conversation wasn't as I'd say as robust as I thought it would be in that conversation. They were much more focused on what they were going to do to upkeep and maintain the skills cloud going forward. So. So, so that looks like they start with a foundation of IBM and then they update it based on whatever their customers are doing. Is that the idea? That's a little bit of what I sort of got from the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. IBM is really doing um, a, an extraordinary job reaching out and becoming the middle intelligence layer or the foundation for the intelligence layer in talent acquisition. It's, it's a pretty interesting thing. And you know they're they're competing with Google, who have a a different view of what constitutes enterprise tools and how you go about marketing to them. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm I'm pretty excited about seeing that manifest and um, wonder how you really keep the brand separate. Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. You know. You know, one of the things is we had a, a nice executive panel at the Workday event, and every you know all the analysts were there, both financial and HR, and and all the conversations were about the competitive space as it equates to enterprise software, right? The the traditional oracles and the SAPs and the and the traditional areas like that. But my take, my take on this, and I think what you're saying too, is that probably the bigger competition are those organizations that are creating these very large databases the consumerized, as I call them, you don't call them consumerized, but technologies like Google, like um, Microsoft, those tend to, to seem to be much more of a competitive space, I think, for someone like Workday, which is focusing on being the application for the enterprise environment. So there wasn't a lot of mention about that here. There wasn't a lot of mention about sort of the competition between IBM and Workday. I think they, they very much focused on we're working together closely. So. Yeah, I think that's to be seen, basically, in, in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, we we should have a longer conversation about that one of these shows because the the, yeah. the 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 things that you call consumerized, um, um, what you're saying is these companies who have um, consumer-facing applications. Um, are somehow different from other enterprise providers, and 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 I think that's yeah. what the enterprise providers love to believe. Um, <laughs> the, the truth is, uh, those companies have capacities for handling data that that the enterprise companies can only only fantasize about, and so so the 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 degree to which they're going to be able to imagine different functionality and different analyses and different forecasting models. I don't think you could understate it. If I were at Workday, I would be very nervous. Not about any other enterprise operation. They're doing very well in the in the legacy enterprise business. Uh, but as Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft come to our space, um, and they all have ATSs, they all have plans to be here, um, it'll be a, a, a very um, an interesting experience for work maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think, that, and and I would agree. I mean, I think that's a, a why Workday is spending most of its time right now on focusing on that data layer. There, that what they can get from their clients, maybe that might be different than what you can get from the 
the the the direct to consumer conversation right and really thinking about their modeling technology that's where the adaptive insights come in uh, the big focus was adaptive insights this this year and the modeling and capabilities of thinking about business from that perspective um and you know like you said i think you know can an enterprise system model at the level of a consumer system and are they the same thing right so so i guess we'll, we'll get a chance to see right yeah hey now get this you're listening to hr examiner radio did you know 86 percent of career seekers would commit five years to an employer offering a student loan repayment benefit program even more amazing only four percent of employers offer one Benefit Ed makes it easy to introduce this in-demand benefit any time of year. Simple administration for you, simple sign-up for employees. You can help them pay down student loans or save for college. Compete for the best and build your dream team. Learn more at youbenefited.com slash hrtech. That's y-o-u-benefited.com slash hrtech. See? I told you, advertisers. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's necessary. We've got to we've got to keep the lights on in the show, and we keep hearing more and more that people are enjoying the show a great deal. So, if people enjoy it, we need to to, to build up the advertising to keep those lights on, right? It's a, That's right. It's a so go visit go visit benefited, uh, dot com. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Saba buying Lumas. That's like that's yeah. like buying, that's like buying a car without an engine. Well, yeah, this one, I'm, I can't quite figure it out if they're just buying the talent, if they're buying customers, which I think is maybe a part of it. But, you know, Saba had tried to create a full talent suite, including um, recruiting at some level and other areas besides their learning and performance um, engines. And Lumas is much more of a applicant tracking, recruiting application. It never did quite fill that all its other areas. And so... But both of them are on what I would consider technology that, you know, probably needs some replatforming done. So I'm not exactly sure if this is just let's get all of our customers together or if this is going to be, you know, an opportunity to create a whole new technology stack. This one, I haven't, we haven't got any other update other than basically saying this is good for Saba from their CEO. Um, You know Lumas a little bit better than I do. I mean, we haven't heard much from them in, in the last couple of years, have we? Uh, like ten, um, yeah. <laughs> you know. Be nicer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 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 Lumes needed an investment in technology and uh, marketing a very long time ago, and they've managed to sort of stay afloat because people don't change out their ATSs uh, just because. Right. So they've so they've got this customer base. It's all European. There are almost no American firms that use Lumas. Um, and so so my read on this is this is how Saba um, um, sort of solidifies its picture of itself as an international player. There's there's definitely a, a focus on the international component here. The the one thing I would say is that you know, Saba's clientele on the learning side is generally the largest, most global organization. Um, even though they are oftentimes headquartered in the U.S. from a client perspective, they're definitely focused on global entities. So they've they've been in the global space for a while, but I don't think they've they've focused on 
headquartered locations outside the U.S. And so I think this would be the big difference for them. Okay, well, welcome to the party, Lumes and Sava. As uh, you think, it, you think they'll call the, the combined firms Lumes or uh, Lava? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, they picked up Halogen last year, and I don't think they have uh, changed that name too much. So I think we'll probably just hear Saba. I will just say, from from someone who has to analyze and review everything, smaller names are much better. They they, they fit on pages better. So that's just an analyst perspective. <laughs> try, to, try to keep your names to two letters, says Stacey Harris. Exactly. It works. <laughs> Well, what about Pymetrics, a, a, a name that is not two letters, and it's a little bit hard if you don't know how to pronounce it. Um, $40 million in Series B funding here, John. I mean, you know them. I mean, I've had an opportunity to brief with them a couple of times. Um, their CEO is amazing and never stops. He's just a, a constant ball of energy. Um, this funding is really, they say, to, to expand what they're doing in their AI space. But their neuroscience uh, focused, artif- artificial intelligence focused sort of recruiting application, correct? Uh, do you think that this is a, a sign that Pymetrics is, is going to get bigger, or is there a, a, a play here to get purchased, or, or what, what's the model for Pymetrics down the road? Um, I, I'm not sure that I can tell. You know, there are about 20 companies like Pymetrics who are making claims about. Um, the value of assessment in the recruiting process, that's, that's their basic deal, right? They do assessment in the recruiting process. And, and they wrap. Pymetrics is, is the, the most aggressive of the companies claiming that you can eliminate bias from hiring processes, uh, which is you, you, they don't really mean that. They mean they, mean they can help you mitigate um, the kinds of bias that are against the law. They can't help you with the kinds of bias that aren't against the law or the ways that people meet the letter of the law without meeting the spirit of the law. These are not things that Pymetrics does, but but they provide a standard interface to classic um, IO psychology assessment um, that makes it easier to take the assessment. And what's going on in that space is people are are rushing to get to the place where it takes no time at all to um, to do an assessment. And so Pymetrics is sort of hung on their interface, which you have to take time with. And and what you see going on in the rest of the industry are are, are operations that are figuring out how to leverage historical assessment databases with behavioral data so that the assessment is just a part of the process, like like uh, HireView does with their um, assessments derived from video interviewing. So there's no actual yeah. assessment device that you have to take. Um, so it's an interesting space. It's pretty clear that that they're right about something in the market, which is that all employees will have a broad range of assessments in their portfolios, right? There'll be a degreed kind of assessment. There'll be this Pymetrics kind of assessment. There'll be performance-oriented kinds of assessment. And what's in the 
HRIS will be, I don't know, 10 or 15 probably data models that say this is how they're doing right now. And so they are, they're clearly on the cusp of that. But, but whether or not it's going to be, you put 40 million in, you want, you know, 400 million back. And um, that would be a very big company. Yeah, and 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 that's you know I, I think the, the 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 thing about this is that even if you know assessments are changing how we think about them, the market is continuing to expand, right? So so there's I think we're not going to see less of the assessment conversation. We're just going to see more of it. And my sense from talking to a lot of um, applicant tracking organizations and to buyers of the recruiting applications is that they feel better having something even if it might not be the perfect something than having nothing. That, that's what I'm hearing right now anyways. I, you know, whether that will stay that way, I don't know, but that seems to be the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, and what I think people are missing is that, that um, we're going to have multiple conflicting models of who our employees are. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's really interesting. That's, that's actually probably really useful. Uh, but it's different than people think now. Right, that right now, it's assessment is used to put people into a box, um, and then and then what we're going to find out over time is that the various ways that we're measuring and assessing people, you know, are they a flight risk is an assessment, for instance. Yeah. Um, um, the various ways that we're measuring and assessing people simply don't agree with each other. And it, it might take them out of the boxes, right? It might make them more of a, a human being, which will make it harder, right, to actually uh, make some decisions about which direction we think we can go. We might have to think a little bit harder about it. Yeah, this Welcome is exactly to. why I think that there are going to be more jobs as the result of AI rather than fewer. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Now, you know, one of the things I think that you know we're seeing is that you know, government is getting involved in this conversation. I mean, we, we saw ultimately this really interesting, um, you know, while we're, we're dealing with other things going on here in the United States, we're seeing that Washington is putting forth vote two very specific bills on artificial intelligence called the AI and Government Act and the Blockchain Act. I mean, do you think, you know, these are things that we're going to see that, government's going to have a big impact on, or is this just sort of CYA covering their rear ends and making sure that they have things somewhat buttoned up before they get too far down the road? You know, you know this, is, this is a tough week to try to talk about what's going to happen with government. Um, it's a really tough week. And, and it's, it's my long-held view that technology is faster than government and always will be. And the idea that you can regulate it is is uh, fantasy. Um, although you gotta you gotta notice what happened with GDPR and if they actually enforce it, which it doesn't appear that they're doing, um, uh, that would be a step in an interesting direction. Uh, but but you've been watching the, the the government on television recently. Do you think these are people who should be controlling the evolution of technology? <laughs> I'll have to say at this point, probably not. 
And that's, that's a really sad thing. But I think there, you know, and that's the problem with some of this, right? Some of the things that we're seeing in our government is focused on social issues that are important and critical and unfortunately, you know, are oftentimes um, creating environments where we have uh, a lot of discussion and, and very little action. Um, but the, the real work oftentimes and the, and the things that have the biggest impact come down to things like these. So, so this particularly uh, bill that was put forward is supposed to be focused on reducing issues like bias, reducing issues like um, discrimination that could come from AI, right? If that's put in place and it actually is monitored and, and managed, that could have a big impact on all the technologies and all of the you know, conversations we have in this space. Same thing with the blockchain technology. They're talking there, obviously, they're looking to make sure that they are tracking cryptocurrency so they can get taxes off of it at some point. But they're also looking at creating some standards about what blockchain technology, um, which ones would be viable or not, um, which gives us maybe a standard central blockchain institution or infrastructure. Um, those are things that could have a big impact on technology, but we're not talking about them because we're talking about some of the social implications of what's going on in our, in our um, government right now. And that's a frustrating thing because these things actually might have uh, longer term impacts on what's happening in our space. So. Well, we're going to get a ringside seat to watch it unfold. So yeah. we've we've hit the wall here and our time is up. You get a free pass back to the Dikita event. Tell everybody their hello <laughs> yeah. for me. Um, and and thanks for doing this, Stacey. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for everyone. Um, uh, we will leave you with the beautiful sounds of New York today. And next week, we'll, we'll be coming back from uh, North Carolina again. So uh, hopefully, you'll have a good week, John. And, and we look forward to seeing everyone next week. Thanks very much. And thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Bye-bye now. <laughs>